Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that Major League Baseball is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and use our promo code, Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is uh, Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast. As always, thank you for listening in and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world. We have a very special episode for you today on, this is actually uh, Tuesday, April 26th, 2022. This is episode 17 of season four. And we're talking about uh, what the sort of entertainment media and sports industries look like in a post-pandemic world. What are some of the trends that we're looking at? And uh, we're going to get into uh, why some of those things are happening and, and what are some of the expectations that, uh, that all of us might um, expect uh, going forward. So I think overall what we've really seen is, um, is three, three trends. I, I think there's been, and this may be the more obvious one, uh, there's been an increase in streaming of entertainment media and sports content. There has been an increase in sports betting, and there has been uh, now going to be a call for sort of more experiential and uh, theater going uh, in a post-pandemic world. And we'll point to uh, some examples of uh, where this is occurring. So in some ways, this is kind of a repeat of... um, and maybe not a surprise of sort of what's been going on in the sense that there's clearly been an increase in streaming an in- increase in gambling and an increase in theater going. But um, I think that um, I kind of want to divvy that up a little bit in, in terms of um, what that looks like and why it's occurring. So there was a Nielsen article that, uh, that came out and Nielsen does a great work with regard to sort of analyzing data and looking at what the trends are. And that is indeed one of their main uh, goals uh, as a company is to, um, you know, essentially analyze data, put models together, see where that goes and then make that information available to the public. But also they, I'm sure they serve, um, you know, clients as well with regard to data. But essentially the article by Nielsen said that uh, and this article came out last week. It said that you know ultimately that streaming uh, was on the rise, and that there was um, a lot of content going into streaming. There was new streaming platforms being developed. 
but that uh, maybe the amount of options that you have with regard to streaming is um, is hurting the consumer in the sense that there might be too many options where most folks are limited to about three, two to three, maybe four platforms when it comes to streaming. And, uh, but there again, there's been an increasing content there. Uh, we've seen more um, streamers try to put on live sports on other platforms. And of course, there's been an increase in sports betting as people have been uh, having more access to content, uh, live sports. That also depends on state law because um, ultimately gambling is a state, a state's rights issue. And it's something that uh, states have implemented um, or are considering implementing when it comes to uh, betting, online betting or mobile betting or sort of having a sports book. And uh, states around the country have, have really had a wide variety of what that looks like. And then of course, as we're sort of moving towards this post-pandemic world, theaters are opening up, uh, new movies are coming out, particularly movies that have been delayed. Uh, and so there has been an opportunity for theaters to, um, to essentially showcase um, the opportunity to, uh, to watch films uh, you know, in, a, in a theater, uh, which has obviously been something that's um, been lacking over the last uh, you know, a couple of years. And we'll point to some examples of where this is occurring. So the first is in um, AMC, which is uh, obviously the, the movie theater company, uh, has invested uh, millions of dollars into uh, laser technology and is updating, um, I want to say 3,500 uh, different theaters. Um, this is the first time that uh, AMC has updated its technology and its theaters uh, since the move to digital years ago. So we're talking at least a decade here and, um, and possibly more depending on um, sort of the individual theater. But the move also signals that um, Sony has had, had some recent success at the box office and obviously Sony being one of the, one of the big sort of five studios, if you will. Um, they, have had some recent success with the Spider uh, Spider Man uh, franchise and have a few more films coming out, and so I, I think ultimately theaters are doubling down on this, and and the the studios who have who have stuck with the theatrical traditional theatrical distribution and or um, have done some sort of you know combination of the two in terms of streaming um, and. Uh, your traditional theatrical distribution or some sort of uh, reduced theatrical window. Um, they're doubling down on this and they're going to be looking towards the theaters opening up and getting new films in there. And obviously Paramount's Top Gun Maverick, uh, Avatar 2. Um, these are just a lot of films that are coming out. And of course, some of these uh, upcoming films are not even for 2022. But again, this investment is really uh, long-term because it looks like AMC's um, updates to its theaters is not going to uh, be finished until around 2026. So we've got about four, uh, four years away there. Now the move for this um, not only signals the studio's sort of uh, involvement in theaters and opening those back up and, and getting the films into them to distribute, but it's also interesting because Netflix, uh, it was reported last week, lost 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of 2022. 
which is a drop, uh, which resulted in a drop of its stock by by more than 35%, which is about the equivalent of $45 billion. And of course, now Netflix is, you know, has to make a couple of decisions in terms of what it's going to do in terms of trying to gain more subscribers. So the National Association of Theater Owners um, has recently commented to this to the Hollywood Reporter and has said that, you know, hey, we've, you know, we're open arms to Netflix distributing their films um, through our theaters, um, which may not have been said, I think, uh, pre or post or pre or during pandemic. Um, because I think there was a lot of controversy around theatrical distribution. And of course, Netflix has always been a streaming company in terms of content. And obviously prior to that, it was a DVD company, but they've not really been in the theater business. But I think uh, the circumstances have changed that to where theaters are open arms and maybe Netflix looks for a way to uh, get more revenue in the door. Uh, and more revenue likely means purchasing live sports rights, which has now been on, put on hold. Uh, since Netflix has lost 200,000 subscribers. And, and by the way, this is the first time Netflix has lost quarterly subscribers uh, in, in nearly 10 years. So it really goes back to, I think, the first adopter uh, advantage that uh, Netflix has, first mover advantage, um, which is now maybe uh, coming back in the sense that, um, or coming down, maybe better to say it, in that um, you have studios and you have other streamers coming out with additional options. So, uh, and I think that's you know obviously going to hurt Netflix when it comes to its subscriber numbers. So, um, but it is interesting that you know sports documentaries are are on the rise. This is something we've talked about before on this podcast and different columns, and that's going to continue because my sort of a personal opinion on this. And I mentioned this last week in the podcast that sports documentaries and sports in general are really the most untapped market in terms of content. When you think about the storylines around sports and the drama that occurs, um, you know, on the field, off the field, the personalities that are involved in sports, uh, the, the amount of uh, characters for coaches and players, uh, commentators, uh, really sports are, are indeed the most untapped market. Uh, when it comes to producing content. And I think Hollywood is starting to realize that, starting to produce this content. And I think part of this is born out of the pandemic in terms of the need for more content as people spent more time at home. But it's also in the sense that, you know, with, between social media uh, highlighting athletes, I think people are beginning to get to know them more. But also with the addition of more streaming platforms, they need more content. And with the way that streaming works, there's no theatrical windows. Uh, content is pretty immediate. Now, obviously, television has always been pretty immediate as well. But I think um, in terms of the binging that goes on with um, with streaming, uh, you know, ultimately need more content. So those two reasons have really pushed sports into uh, the highlight in terms of uh, creating more content. Now, of course, with more streaming platforms, you get more consumer choice and the competition and the decisions to subscribe or not um, are escalated, and you have a you know you have an issue where uh, consumers have to make a, a choice and, and likely a difficult one unless they're looking for a certain program. Now, what this means is that there's going to be more subscribers overall. They're just not going to be focused on one platform. It means Netflix is going to lose a little bit of its weight, and uh, it's going to be spread amongst other companies and around the industry. 
I, I think that theaters might be a balance to the strategy of, of just going straight streaming. Um, uh, so, and it could help Netflix to be less reliant on sort of a singular pathway to success. I think uh, the experiential side of entertainment will only continue to grow, which obviously helps theaters. But I think even beyond that, look, there's a pinup desire for people to get out there and meet people and to do things, right? Uh, I think MGM's uh, new sphere, this brand new um, entertainment venue, I think it's a $1.8 billion venue. Uh, it's the largest sphere in the world in terms of a structure. Uh, and it's all LED lights on the outside. It'd be in Las Vegas, um, I think near the Venetian Hotel, if not next to it. And uh, it'd be about a 20,000 uh, person venue. Again, relying on this idea that people are going to have this pent up desire to get back out there, to go experience things, to be a part of something. Uh, and of course, MGM's looking to capitalize on that. They're going to have some, um, some additional entertainment aspect to this in terms of content creation. So uh, continue to look for that uh, as we sort of come out of this pandemic. I think one streaming strategy um, is to, uh, again, as we talked about, increase the amount of live sports on streaming platforms. This is important, I think, for two reasons. Uh, the first is more people are streaming in increasing numbers. That's just clear. The Nielsen numbers show that. I think second, streamers want to attract and keep people on their platform. So they have to add more content to do that, or they have to delay the release of certain content. And again, this whole point of sports being the most untapped market and content, uh, this is very true for streamers. Uh, most of the streamers do not carry, or at least until recently, did not carry live sports content. And now Apple Plus has gotten into it. Amazon has gotten into it, uh, much to the point that uh, Apple is pursuing the NFL Sunday ticket. They've already purchased Friday uh, doubleheaders on Friday nights. Uh, Amazon is trying to land a new post-Thanksgiving Black Friday NFL game that's just been added uh, by the owners of the NFL. And also WNBA games specifically for the Seattle Storm. And of course, on the international front, uh, uh, Televisa Univision uh, recently um, uh, had that merger. And, um, and of course, um, the uh, Hollywood Reporter recently released um, their financials in terms of um, obviously a public company, but they released their financials and Hollywood Reporter uh, reported on it. And uh, they had a very good year. And it was uh, specifically related probably to the merger, uh, but also to the purchasing of live sports rights across multiple leagues and sports. So um, there's just a, a great opportunity here for streamers to continue to add more content. Of course, part of the issue is the chicken before the egg here, right? Because you need more subscribers um, to help pay the bills. You need more content, which costs money. So, you know, platforms are, are, are having uh, to, to make those decisions. And of course, sports rights are expensive. So I think the, the combination of more live sports on streaming plat platforms, which ultimately means broader public access, even if you have to pay for it, but at least it's broader beyond you know one cable channel or one cable package. Uh, and it's easy to sign up online versus having to call and get a cable package. Although cable companies have made it a little bit easier. Uh, and favorable state laws are now allowing uh, for sports betting, 
are allowing sports betting to increase. Um, and, and the numbers are clear. Um, the um, legal sports betting report, legal sports report is a great website that discusses some of this, but there's clearly been a huge increase, uh, astronomical increase in sports betting uh, across the various states that have implemented those laws. And of course, this has led to the first ever authorized sports betting endorsement for an active professional athlete, uh, which is between Colorado Rockies outfielder, Charlie Blackman, uh, and Maxim Bet, which is a Colorado-based uh, sports betting um, platform. And uh, this is all allowed now under the MLB, MLBPA collective bargaining agreement. Uh, which is um, really suffice to say uh, kind of a, um, a crazy thought when you're thinking, you know, it wasn't uh, so long ago, you know, what, 30, 30, 40 years ago, I guess, that, um, that Pete Rose uh, was banned from baseball for betting on it. Now, of course, taking an endorsement contract and betting on baseball are two different things, but, um, but it's clearly something to keep in mind as we continue to navigate this space. And of course, uh, speaking of betting, uh, Las Vegas is expecting, there was a recent report um, with the Hollywood Reporter that Las Vegas is expecting a significant increase in spending and attendance uh, to its city uh, based on the upcoming NFL draft. There was an article in the front office sports as well talking about some of this. And of course, by the way, the Oakland Athletics were expecting, expecting this as well uh, because they are potentially looking at two final locations to move their franchise. Assuming things don't work out with the Howard Terminal up in the Bay Area uh, in Oakland, um, but that is a process that has been going on for years. Uh, if Oakland can get any um, public dollars out of uh, the state of Nevada, uh, they're going to move. That, that, that would be my prediction on that. And of course, as the world opens up, both physically and mentally, streaming will continue to make its mark along with an increase in sports betting and, uh, and theater attendance. So um, we have a lot of changes going on here and, um, and we'll sort of see where this takes us. So it's just an interesting position that we find ourselves in in terms of this increase in um, more streaming, more sports betting, more theater going, which all kind of makes sense, right? With the theme that things are opening up, people are getting out there, they want to experience things. Uh, there's a sort of a pent up desire after the last two, two plus years in terms of a, of a global pandemic and things being shut down. So we'll sort of see where this takes us, but uh, thanks again for listening in. This has been episode 17 of season four. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. Appreciate you listening in, making us number one sports law podcast in the world and look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you so much. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.